Welcome to Talk Tennis, a podcast created specifically for you, the tennis fanatic. Join us each week as we work to elevate your game both on and off the court. We will deliver fresh episodes to keep you up to date with tennis trends and technologies, as well as exclusive interviews with industry experts, current and former pros, and so much more. Here's your host, Michelle. Welcome to Talk Tennis. Today, I am joined by Troy and Mark Boone. Thank you guys for joining me. Likewise. Thanks, Michelle. Thanks for having us. And I'm super excited today because we are going to do our best to bring a BNP Paribas Open virtual demo experience to you guys. So right now at this time of the year, the sun is out. It's I'm sorry to everyone in the country that's dealing with snow, but it's it's getting warm in California. And normally we'd be packing up our sunscreen, working on our hydration and packing up those tank tops and shorts to go out to the desert for a couple weeks. But this year, things are a little bit different. So today we are going to do our best to still kind of give you some BMP vibes and talk through talk through some demo stuff. So I did want to start. Um, we talked about this earlier and Troy said it so eloquently, but one of our favorite things about the BMP Paribas Open is connecting with you guys. So what do you absolutely love about the tournament? Troy, why don't you start us off? Yeah. I mean, um, when you, as soon as you get to, uh, to the tournament, to the grounds, you know, they call it, they call it tennis paradise, but I mean, that's exactly what it is. You know, whether it's going to a practice court and seeing, uh, Roger or Novak or, any of your favorite pros and you can see them up close um, just from the whole atmosphere to having, you know, three huge stadium courts to all the smaller courts to the best tennis on the planet is pretty awesome. But I know for uh, me and Mark every year that we go down there and uh, at the tennis warehouse store, we have the demo court connected to it. I think um, probably the best thing over all the years is just uh, that interaction with with all of our fans for from Tennis Warehouse, all of our customers, all the ones that follow us on YouTube and on our podcast now and all this stuff. <laughs> it's just amazing to shake hands, which, you know, before COVID and all that, shake hands, give dap, give hugs, um, hit tennis balls with, with people that watch your videos. And from the, the little five-year-old kids that come out there have amazing strokes to, you know, our, our older customers. It's, it's just a great experience to really uh, get to know these people and just feel the vibes of being in tennis paradise. Yeah, totally. Bernie, anything to add with that? It's going to be difficult to add. I, <laughs> I, I can, I can elaborate uh, a little more on that same topic. It's hallowed ground. This is like a favorite time of the year for us all to go down there. And like I was mentioning yesterday, my body still thinks I'm going to the BNP. So uh, I'm going to convince myself that this is going to you know, be delayed. I don't know if this is going to happen in October or maybe the following year. But yes, I definitely miss it. There's a lot that goes into it. Um, and I'm amazed at all the details, nothing, uh, all the way from Larry Ellison, um, all the way down to the ball kid, no expenses spared, no detail is overlooked to have that really baseline personal experience. And at the end of the two weeks, uh, it, you know, I'm exhausted, but I really get the idea of what I feel like tennis is about. Yes, it's about exercise and activity, but it's about connectivity. And like Troy mentioned, everyone on the demo court, um, we've communicated via email or, um, over the years, we meet them over and over on the demo court. So there's like Troy and I are familiar with a gentleman named uh, Colin, who's a snowbird. He comes down every year. And this is just kind of the personal fun stuff that we uh, like to do for customers and players is, you know, have them avoid the customs and duties fees. And we bring him down his order and it's waiting for him at the BNP down there. So there's just there's all kinds of little things that uh, I don't think I ever took it for granted. But I'm definitely now that we're doing the podcast, we don't get to go down there. I am reflecting a lot more on it. I, I definitely miss it. Um, all the way down to getting targeted by one of those kids' uh, forehands when I'm just trying to pick up the ball. So, yeah, it's, it's uh, definitely something I'm looking forward to. I hope this uh, disruption is over sooner than later for sure. Yeah, I think yeah. you hit the nail on the head, though. It's all about connecting, and it's almost like a reunion every year. You know, like we always talk about how small the tennis world is, but you see those people that you've known for years or you've grown to know or you met them on the demo court and now you follow them on Instagram like stuff like that um I know Troy and I had there's they're not kids anymore but there was a brother and sister that I met it's been probably three or four years now Vegas and 
Yes. <laughs> and they were just ripping balls and like the, not only the nicest kids, but like best strokes. Um, I think they were using RF 97s. At least one of them was. And it's wild to think that like now they're in college and we probably would have seen them again. And it's just stories like that. We, we love interacting and connecting and talking tennis. Clearly, um, that's what we do too. So, uh, while it is a bummer, everyone's healthy and happy and, you know, luckily, hopefully this is just a small hiccup in the year and next year we'll be back at it. But, um, with that being said, we're just going to try and pretend to give you an experience. Like if you were coming out on the demo court, so, I kind of wanted to start, we got this really great question on YouTube the other day. I'm going to ask you guys it. I know Troy and I actually both answered the question, but I thought it was really fun. So I think our listeners would enjoy hearing your answer as well. But the question was being play testers, how hard is it for you to choose your own equipment? Like finding your forever racket, strings and shoes. You get to try so many different items and find pros and cons to each. So how do you say that one is truly your your shoe of choice, or your racket of choice, or your string of choice. It can't be easy with all the new products coming and all the blacked out testing that you guys get to do. So do you guys have an answer? Mark, we'll start with you. What's your answer for that question? Wow. All right. We are afforded privileges here at Graphite Library. Yeah. Um, we can just pull uh, frames off the wall to kind of decide what would be our favorite frame. So this is like the demo program you know, glorified, it, it's just a lot easier for us to access this instead of having three or four rackets sent to us. So it's a little bit of an unfair advantage. <laughs> um, I've figured out that I think there's a range of specs where I feel like I play the best. You know, if I play with your racket, 340 grams, it tuckers me out after an hour. If I go with a standard length 300 gram frame, it's ping pong wise from the baseline, great but it's a little undernourished for like in an overall sense. And then that in between uh, that 300 gram and probably not 340, we're maybe closer to 315, 320. Um, I'm able to find out what works best for me in an overall manner, you know, playing, you see my game primarily it's from the baseline. So I need something light enough that I can play that counter puncher style. And then, you know, every once in a while, I would like to put a little heat on my serve and a little heavier racket helps me with that. So I've been able to figure out that, uh, a, a range of weight for a racket is definitely ideal for me. And then we've been talking about extended length frames. Mm -hmm. And, you know, anytime anyone asks me, hey, what do you think of this frame? Uh, I may really like it, but I'm going to add on to it. Well, I wonder what it would be like if they added on a little extra length. So, yeah, it's it's one of those things where I've almost given up on saying I have a specific racket and string. It's just too hard. Like, say, we play tests, we're bouncing around from frame to frame. Uh, and this is where I'm going to bring up uh, Troy and I's friend's name, uh, Jeff Spallinger. Um, I would, you know, like a, a lot of you guys, you could play with any racket. That doesn't seem to be my my thing where you could play with a frying pan and beat most people. But where Jeff Spallinger, yeah. he was no, just really pretty much anything. Any, <laughs> yeah, anything and, and, and play well and win with it. So it, it really gives me that attitude to try and not blame it on the arrow, blame it on myself. Um, you know, I know a lot of people watch reviews and they're like, wow, Mark must like every racket. Well, that may not necessarily be the case, but one thing being uh, on the demo court with you guys all day long, I get to see people's different styles of frames. And just because I may not connect immediately with one frame, I've seen, like you were saying, those two kids on the uh, court playing with a RF 97, swinging it with authority all day long. So, you know, I can tell that, you know, one racket, just because it doesn't compliment me, doesn't mean it's not going to really be the bee's knees for somebody else. So really hard for me to put down the blade SW-102 <laughs> and a lot of other extended length frames. So if you know if you really put me on the spot to say what's your frame, um, I'd probably go with that Prince LB-100, the long body 28. That's a little more plush and there's a little bit more horsepower under the engine like Troy and I were talking about with the blade 102. So if you're going to uh, narrow it down to that, I can give you two <laughs> frames. Joy, you want to, you answered it really well on YouTube, but you want to leave us some insight from your perspective? Yeah. I mean, just kind of, you know, exactly what he was asking, um, you know, how, how do you narrow it down or how do you make the choice with all the choices that we have? And the first thing that came to mind to me is it's kind of like a gift and a curse. So mm -hmm. basically having access, having the privileges of basically pulling any racket that's on our website on any given day, I can grab it. I can string it how I want. It takes me about 15, 20 minutes to lace it up, string it. You know, if I want to put a leather grip on it, a customization, a little bit of lead, whatever, I can literally do that with multiple frames in one day. You know, it's like 
any given day. So it, it is tough. I know there's been times where I'm like about to go to bed and like I'm sitting there thinking like, oh, tomorrow I'm going to get that V-Core 95. I'm going to put a little <laughs> bit of weight at three and nine and dial it in. Or, you know, when I was when I was contemplating switching to like an extended length racket, like, okay, I'm on this extended length kick and I'm loving the Piero Plus with some weight on it. I can hit massive kick serves but it's a little stiff on my arm. And then I'm like, okay, you don't want to hurt yourself. So just go back to what you know, your comfort, your play. So it's, it's a crazy thing. Like, just like they ask and probably like a lot of our customers do with demos and buying rackets, it, it can be nerve wracking sometimes, but you know, I, I, I'd say the, the maybe downside to it is like, as I explained on YouTube, if I didn't work here, I would, you know, eliminate a lot of the choices just by like my budget and like what I'm willing to pay for. I would probably just go with, like I said, uh, something like one of our cell rackets or get one of the, you know, nicer frames as they're being closed out at a liquidated price. Or I would also keep tabs on our use section on our website because you can find some really good deals. If, you know, you buy a new racket at full price and you just want another one you know, to pair with it, you know, that's a great way to get a, a good deal on a racket. But, you know, for me looking at rackets I've used over the past, I'd probably use something like the head micro radical mid plus, which is like $89. It's a great price. We have a bunch of them in stock. I could buy, you know, one, one paycheck and another month, you know, get another <laughs> one, end up with like three of them, have them all dialed in. So I'd, I'd probably be more uh, confined and just stick to a simple plan. Uh, if I didn't work here, but with having all the options I do, it can be, uh, it can be pretty tough sometimes to narrow it down just to one racket. Like, like Mark just explained nowadays, it's like, yeah, I got a bag full of rackets. I don't know if I necessarily have one, you know? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> I definitely carry more rackets to the court than what I used. <laughs> Um, that's a good point too. And maybe we should just give a quick shout out to our used racket page. Uh, we have some, a great selection of used rackets. And if you've, bought used rackets from us our grading system is so on point and like honestly there are used rackets that we're selling that have like look almost immaculate like i i'm just giving a shout out to like the grade a rackets like those are good rackets so if you don't mind maybe someone like used it a little bit but like most of the time we just helped someone out with rackets and i'm just always impressed with that so I have nothing to do with that side of things. And I'm always impressed with the people that are running that side of the business. And I think that's a great shout out to someone that might be shopping on a budget, but still looking for quality gear. Yeah. I see, uh, I see our feedback on the, the message boards for like grade A's and the grade B's that people have bought before. And a grade A is pretty much brand new, maybe has one little ding on it from uh, stringing or something weird, you know, but it's like basically a brand new racket. A B for most people is still, you know, almost perfect. Even a C grade for most people's standards. We don't sell used rackets that have been scuffed up really bad or, you know, have a bunch of uh, graphite rash. You know, that's just, we don't sell used rackets like that. Our A grade through C grade are, are all pretty darn good rackets. And just a quick reminder, if you are grabbing any of these used rackets, or even if you're grabbing a new non-used racket, get the grommets. Get them now. Buy them now. So you'll have them when you need to change them and then you're good to go. Wish I've learned that. <laughs> Get all the grommets. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I'm not talking to the tennis menace guy either. Everybody else no. but tennis menace. <laughs> if you are out there and you kind of know your backhand slice, likes to hit the pavement, um, get the grommets. <laughs> Anyways, okay, so I took some notes, but I wanted to start. Let's say that someone's coming to the demo court. Maybe they only demo rackets once a year at the BMP. Uh, we've seen a lot of new rackets since last March. What are your top three or four must-try rackets right now? Booney, you want to start us out? That's a tough one. All right. <laughs> so I'm going to go the E-Zone 98. And you can just read into that however you want. You can go plus. You can go standard 305. Yeah. You can go E-Zone tour. <laughs> I, I know that's not really a fair answer uh, to that question. That's adding a couple more. <laughs> yeah okay we'll throw the L or in there throw too. the 100 in too i mean <laughs> uh, any of the e-zones you gotta try any, the e-zone any of the e-zones uh and then i would say oh boy 
I'm going to go pure drive, pure arrow. Those are just outstandingly popular rackets, I would say, for darn good reason. They fit a lot of people's swings uh, in an overall sense. It's, it's good for a lot of people's game. Um, I think it works well with a poly or a hybrid. So I would say if you want that really good uh, modern 300-gram frame, check out that pure arrow, pure drive. Um, if you're looking for a little, something a little softer and a little more weight, um, the E-Zone uh, 98s are definitely a, a great way to go. Cool. Troy, any must try? Like I'm only on the demo court for one day. I haven't tried rackets since last year. What do I need to try? Only the Roger racket. We have so many people that it's just a little sarcasm there. We have so many people that show up to the demo court and then you got Michelle standing around probably saying, yeah, just try the Roger. <laughs> but yeah, people just show up out of nowhere, all playing levels, you know, from beginner to great players and you know they come off watching a roger practice or a roger match and they just say you got, got the try. roger and they're like yeah you, know you got poly in it you got natural gut we're like uh, <laughs> you got a poly in a multi but yeah those things get used more than any other racket because of roger but, but like if you're gonna try it you might as well try it on our demo court because it's like you have your chance to like see if you want to revisit it for a longer period of time but you get to experience what that racket has to offer I think that's a good one. Yeah. So I had to put that one out there just because if you see Roger practice or you see one of his matches and he hits like this beautiful one hand backhand down the line winner, you got to come out to the demo court and just hit a couple yourself. Even yeah. if you don't even have a one hander, just don't play it. You know? <laughs> I'm just kidding. But um, piggyback off of what Mark said, um, definitely agree with his picks. Um, he said E Zone, whether it's 98, 100, E Zone's a great friend, uh, line. Of rackets to try um i'd say the newer pure drives the 2021 editions really nice up the pure drive line i think they've made, kept the pure drive in it but made them with a little more feel a little more comfort a little more smooth kind of sensation on contact which i appreciate coming from more player frames so i think that's a great line um the pure arrows are great and actually my favorite of the pure arrows and i think for like a really like you know solid like high school player or like you know that college player the pure arrow vs is a really sick racket because it's like it's got that pure arrow feel but it's a little more precise it's kind of like Babylon's version of the e-zone 98 just maybe a little stiffer um and then some other ones i'll mention it's hard to keep it to three but like definitely think the blades are great rackets you know for like you know, solid intermediates to advance the blade 1820, 1619. They're just like super comfortable, smooth feeling rackets. Um, and then I'd also probably even throw in there from head. Um, I think the speeds are great rackets, whether it's the MP or the pro, I think they're just super versatile frames. You know, you got Coco Goff out there using a speed MP on Drescu, you know, they're just really nice frames. And I think they're like, you know, a good kind of racket that maybe someone like coming from a pure drive type of racket, but doesn't want to get into like a true player frame. I think it's a good middle ground of kind of that, like between that ultra power tweener and like, you know, your traditional player racket. So I think I'd throw those in there, but I mean, the list goes on. We could, we could go on with even more frames. Yeah, for sure. And what makes the demo experience so unique at BMP is like people get to interact face to face with you guys. And like, you really get such like Booney was already saying, like he can watch you hit the ball. I like, if I'm watching someone hit, I can automatically pick three rackets that I think might be better for them. Whereas like if you're talking about it on the phone or even in an email, sometimes people, you know, maybe they don't describe their game the way it really is. Or, you know, we get calls where we, I shouldn't say we, but Mark gets calls with people saying, Hey, I've got, I hit just like Roger. And, you know, in my dreams, I do too, but um, it is cool to place a player with like the perfect racket. And like, I geek out on that stuff too, even like with my family and friends or some of the players we work with, I'm like, okay, I think I know the exact racket. Here's four. And then when they pick the one that I think I'm like, yes, but um, we're going to get into more specifics, like top rackets based on different things. But I wanted to ask you guys, what are some of the most common questions that you normally get on the demo court. And then that that's kind of a loaded question because I also wanted to kind of talk about some trends that we've seen in technology from the past couple of years and how rackets are trending. So I'll start with what kind of what are the questions you get most commonly? Troy, you want to go for that? Um just a couple things, you know, off the top of my head. Um we definitely get um a lot of comfort questions, comfort stories type of thing. 
comfort, uh, racket comfort recommendations, you know, stuff that's good for your arm, whether it's, you know, your intermediate league player to your senior players, you know, someone that's just really looking for something good on their arm, whether they've, you know, suffered from tennis elbow, tendonitis. That's, that's a definitely like a top five question I get a lot. And, you know, and there's a ton of great choices out there, whether you're, you know, and kind of you said and mentioned racket trends ever since the clash kind of came out that one, you know, has been a top pick for a lot of club players, a lot of recreational players to try just because the, the overall flex rating is so low, but you know, the, we, usually we jump right into the, the traditional arm friendly brands like pro Kenex or vocal. Those are obviously like really top picks for us to, you know, show, show customers on the demo court and all that. But um, yeah, comfort story seems to be one of the main things. Booney, I know you got a probably a lot of, a lot of questions over the years. Oh, um, I don't, I don't think they're much different, but uh, overall, you know, you, you mentioned the clash. So if there's a big ad campaign, I think the strike had a really good one for the project one seven, the clash. So people are coming out. And like you said about the RF, they watch Raj, they want to bring out their inner Federer and they're going to come out and ask for that frame. Do you have it out there? Is it hanging up? And uh, you know, most instances, the, the answer is yes. Um, the other one I would say uh, besides the comfort story, is what is the successor to my older racket? I have this older Prince Red. What is the update of the evolution of that frame? So they're looking for something really similar. And then that gives us, you know, probably one of the best chances just to do the meet and greet, you know, use their racket as a point of reference, get out of them. Um, what it was missing, too much power, too little. And then, you know, like you said, Michelle, if you can watch that person swing a few times, which is a lot easier just doing it over a, a audible conversation you can usually dial them into a racket that'll complement them for sure. So yeah, those are, those are pretty much the typical questions people come out. Something else that I noticed a couple of times I've been on the demo court is a lot of people have um, a lot of affinity to the grip. They might not know what brand or what racket they're using, but they know their grip size and like they're attached to that. Like it has to be the right feel in their hands. Um, can you talk us through a little bit of that, Troy? I know like Babla has a different feel than head and. Yeah, no, definitely. As soon as you said that, it popped in my mind. And um, yeah, a little bit has to do with the grip shape, the texture of the grip, the softness, the stiffness, whether they're, you know, a really cushy grip type of person or like a firm leather grip. Um, the grip shape's another one kind of that, you know, um, like how like the old school head rackets vocal kind of have that rectangular shape. You can kind of like give them a few different brands and they can kind of grab them and get a feel for what shape they like Mm -hmm. but another thing to add to that and i don't know um you know i know there's a lot of golfing in the palm springs palm desert area and so like that's one of the things that kind of came to mind is like we do get a lot of customers that come on the demo court and it's almost like when you go to a golf shop and you get fitted for clubs they want to like get fitted for their grip so um i think a lot of it too has to do with grip size or like what's my grip size and like over the phone or like we have uh stuff on the website that shows you kind of how to find your grip size, but it's a lot easier to do in person. So, you know, we can kind of like have them grip onto like, you know, three different grip sides, whether it's a quarter, three, eighths and a half, and just kind of get a look at the way they grip the racket, see how much spacing they have between their fingertip and their palm. And so we kind of do our own little, like, you know, grip size fitting on the court, even though it's a little different than a golf club, but yeah, that it's kind of weird how, how, uh, how many people will say, Oh, you know, how do I get fitted for my grip or what's the right grip size? Um, and that tends to be a pretty popular question. Yeah. And then let's go from there into technologies. What sort of trends have you guys seen rackets take uh, in the past year or so? Booney, I'll let you have this one. <laughs> I'm like, I can uh, take it. <laughs> I'm going to lean. Well, don't be shy. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> I, uh, I'm going to lean on what Troy mentioned about the pure arrow and the pure drive, how it definitely is still very much that initial uh, feel and performance, but they've smoothed it out. So I, I refer to a lot of these technologies as the cake and eat it too technology. I really want the benefit of the energy return from a firmer layup of graphite, but I would prefer not to have the potential of extra vibration bothering my joints. Uh, so, you know, with the pure feel, they've extended that further up the throat. They've got the cortex, the three and nine. I think that definitely does a really good job at dispersing vibration. And whether it's, you know, Amplifield, BLX with Wilson, Countervail, touch technology with head. I know we're into the graphing 360. But it, it seems like a lot of these technologies are there to kind of mute vibration. You know, you got your kinetic system with the Pro Kinex, uh, you got your silicone in the grips of the vocal racket. So it's there to improve comfort while still giving you the benefit of the, the firmer layup of graphite. Um, and I know Clash just kind of put that in a whole nother range with just the layup of graphite itself being mapped to, you know, 
bend but not twist allegedly at contact of the ball. So yeah, I feel like comfort would be the main story of most of the technologies. Yeah, I feel like we get asked that question a lot too. What makes this racket new from the previous one and why should I be interested in trying it and even investing in it? And to me, it seems like a lot of the manufacturers right now, they kind of went through that like, let's mute the feel of the racket and everything kind of started feeling the same across some of the brands. Whereas now the the vibration dampening technology almost you can you can like you can feel the change, I think. Right. But you know, you guys know me. I don't I'm not big into feel <laughs> Troy, More filtered or yeah. selective. Yeah, yeah, I agree. They they are not muting everything, they're giving you some of the feel-good vibes back. Yeah. yeah. Troy, what do you think? Yeah, I agree exactly with that. Um, I think you know, maybe going back like five, ten years, it was kind of like the rackets were all starting to get to the peak stiffness level of what mm-hmm. most people could handle. Yeah. And it was like, it was like easy power from the stiffness and then the spin effect patterns and the ESP pattern. So it was like massive stiffness and really open patterns. So power spin, power spin. And I think it got a little overwhelming and people were, weren't really happy with the way that the rackets were responding on contact, kind of losing the feel for the ball, losing the feedback, the responsivity. Um, and I think now with, flex fill on the blades from Wilson and then the spiral fibers from head. Mm-hmm. I think they're doing a great job and they kind of took in like same with the speed rackets. They kind of took the stiffness back down, let the racket flex do the comfort thing like it traditionally does and still give you, you know, some of those, you know, technologies that give you the pop and the power. So not sucking all the life out of them, but mm-hmm. you know, giving you more of that feel and that sensation on contact because when it comes down to it, you can have all these marketing, you know, technologies and stuff, but the feel on contact, your confidence in swinging and filling the ball, that's where you're really going to maximize your powers, letting the player get their their swing speed through without being scared of hitting the back fence every time kind of thing. So, yeah, I think yeah. that's uh, kind of the trend now is just getting that feel on contact right. No, that makes sense. And, yeah, sometimes to us, too, it just feels like a marketing line. But I think with these trends now, we're at, like, we, feel flex is one of the big ones. Like, I can feel feel flex in the racket on the blades. Like, that I like. Um, so that's cool to, like, see or feel what's what's the the update to the racket. Yeah. And, like, when the, when the Gravities first came out, like, I remember the first time I hit the Gravity Pro, I was like, damn, this is a really good feeling, like, head racket. I haven't had a feeling like this on a head in a while. Yeah. And then when they followed up with with the prestige with the spiral fibers i was like okay i get it now like they're dialing it in which i think it's worth noting that in this podcast because this will air around the same time the new gravities launch the new gravities are strictly a cosmetic update i think our team thought that they were really good when they first launched so i think we're all happy that they're not actually changing anything but do you want to note that? And we're we're more than happy to say when something's a cosmetic update instead of a technology change. So there's been nothing changed technology-wise. It is strictly cosmetic. Yeah, I agree. I think it'll be an easy transition. I thought the fire and ice paint job was very attractive. I'm not like a big aesthetics guy, but if it looks great, well, even better. Uh, this one's even more attractive. I, I'd say that's maybe the best looking paint job I've seen on a racket and you know heads come up with some good ones between that pro tour 2.0 that's the one that I felt was like the coolest looking paint job uh, this might eclipse it very nice cosmetic on that frame yeah cool. yeah I really like the one side that's like the aqua blue fade to yellow I think that's like my favorite side of the racket it's pretty sick yeah it looks awesome and matching bags which is cool okay i have one more in-depth question and then i'm just gonna get some like quick fire best racket to try if you are looking for xyz uh demo process everyone kind of goes about it differently we had Haley carter on the podcast a couple months ago talking about how she demoed differently this past year and it really worked in her favor where she started trying someone actually just put it in her hands a new racket in her hands for five minutes and it was like she only allowed herself to hit with it for like five to ten minutes a day for a week or two and then it was like 15 minutes and like she kind of found herself really enjoying this racket and really coming really excited to come back and hit it some more and she ended up changing switching to that racket it is uh the graphene 360 plus extreme mp which she switched to Um, But we have, you know, like we've heard stories how people, you know, think they should wait until they're off season or, you know, play 
15 minutes with one racket, 15 minutes with a different racket, 15 minutes with the third racket, 15 minutes with the fourth racket. Is, are there any ways that you guys would recommend demoing a racket, like the best way to find your next racket of choice? Like what would your strategy be? What would you suggest to people out there? Maybe they're getting three or four demos. They have a week to try them out. What should they do? I'm dying to hear what Troy is going to say. <laughs> Um, yeah, I mean, there's, there's a few things that I've read over the years that I thought were really cool about the demo process and, uh, learning about like Haley's experience with her racket. I think that, uh, that actually is really cool. Kind of like restricting yourself on mm -hmm. like how much time and whatnot, because I think what she was really trying to do was like, get rid of that honeymoon phase or like that, you know, try to eliminate those one days where you're just like, you slept really well that night and you're just like <laughs> treeing playing your amazing tennis and like maybe it's not 100% the racket that's like gonna win you know like do it for you but that day it seemed like it so I think that was kind of cool um how she did that and definitely something to listen to that episode of the podcast to, to get more info on it but um one thing that me and Mark I know have talked about is like the way you set yourself up when you're demoing or like who you're playing with um mm -hmm. you know one one thing I read over the years was like try to pick an opponent that's either like way better than you that always crushes you or, um, so, or, or vice or on the opposite end, someone that you usually like dominate, pick one or the other, you know, usually someone you beat up on or someone that always beats the beat you down on the court because it kind of like also eliminates that day where like, if you're playing or someone and you, you know, you just have a great match mm. against someone that's kind of closer to your level, you know, it could just be playing really well that day. But if you play like someone that's, you know, uh, say you're a, a four Oh and you play someone that's like a five, five or whatever. Uh, you're probably still going to make, you know, probably lose six, one or six, two, you know, but it's, it's not going to really affect the outcome that much. You're really more focused on like the feel and what the racket's like feeling like when you hit the ball. I don't know. The market probably explain it a little bit better, but I think that's something we've talked about before. Yeah. I think I'm really curious uh, about the 15 minute thing. Is that like maybe building up the anticipation for it? You liked it, but you're going to put it down and then let that kind of marinate and soak in and then come back to it and see if you had the same effect. That's actually, that sounds really, really good. I, I wouldn't uh, debate that, that uh, sequence at all. The only thing is you hear me on the phones all the time, what I say to do. And this definitely, uh, you know, it's right in line with, you know, try it out. This is what Troy's uh, magnificent phrase. It just echoes through this whole warehouse all the time. You got to try it out for how long a length of time. Wow. I'm, I'm going to say go out and play with that racket. If you play for 90 minutes with it, play with it for 90 minutes. So I'm going to test out its maneuverability. You know, if we're all playing for 90 minutes and I'm playing with the RF hour uh, 55 minute, Mark, you're going to say, wow, Mark, you look your age. You're already looking a little old. Can't maintain the racket at speed. So I, I would determine, you know, it's, it's too heavy for me. And then the other thing is I want to play with you guys. You know, those are the people that matter to me, your pace, your spin, your depth of shot. So that part of the test, I'm going to determine, is it heavy enough to be stable? So I call it my little Goldilocks test, heavy enough to be stable, light enough to be maneuverable. And uh, that that's kind of how I approach it. And along the way, I'll know how how it complements my backhand slice or, or forehand or whatever, but mainly I'm trying to just get the meat and potatoes um, idea out of it. Is it too heavy or too light uh, to be ideal? I'm really looking for that racket to be just right. Uh, but I, I kind of like this 15-minute uh, thing. I, that's not a bad idea at all. So I would say maybe there's no real perfect way to do it. Um, maybe just set yourself up the, the way you play and who you play, you know, what you normally do with the other racket, do that same thing and, and see how it compares. Yeah, I agreed. And what was cool about Haley's process is, um, she <laughs> normally, I think most of these pro players like wait until they're off season. And it was, she started, uh, testing the racket, I think in August, which clearly wasn't her off season and, um, was right before going into the U S open. And it, I'll link the episode because it's a pretty interesting episode, in my opinion. She basically was saying how she uh, really wasn't confident in her gear in 2020, and she had the best year of her career. So now that she's dialed in, she's like literally dialed in with her racket, her strings, we're getting her dialed in with shoes. Um, it will be fun to watch her this season. And I think she's in the semis of Adelaide. So for doubles right now, her and Louisa, and it was Louisa's coach who, um, 
prompted her with the 15 minutes. So I kind of like that. Personally, like as you guys have said many times already, we are spoiled here at Tennis Warehouse, but I'm like such an all or nothing person, like on the tennis court and off the tennis court. Like if I don't like a racket, I don't got time to waste. <laughs> like we're not going to be playing for an hour with a racket I don't like. I'm sorry. <laughs> I need a racket that like I'm having fun with and blasting shots, you know, for that hour, you know, hour and a half, whatever, 20 minutes, whatever amount of time I'm doing it, I better be having fun or I'm going to put it down. <laughs> right. If the racket hurt me and, and I won't mention which one, but we all know there's a certain racket that bothered my wrist. I wouldn't make it through the 90 minutes or whatever that period of time is. So yeah, I That's definitely, I, I agree with you there. Um, 100%. So lots of strategies to go about demoing and, um, you know, feel free to reach out and ask us for more guidance, but let's get into like someone placing a demo order. And I want to start from the very beginning. Let's say my significant other loves tennis and I've never played the sport before and my, or the significant other or, you know, brother, sister, whatever, someone in someone's life really wants to get this person into tennis, but they're super athletic, but they're not a tennis player. What three rackets can you recommend for someone, you know, let's super active, just not a tennis player. So never played before. Maybe they're a baseball player. Maybe that, you know, they have great hand-eye coordination. They'll be good at tennis, but they've just never swung a racket. What rackets are you recommending? Maybe they were a top high school quarterback and hadn't played tennis. <laughs> Maybe. Maybe. Hey, like Booney Mangrove, you know, tennis and wrestling. You never know, man. <laughs> sometimes I confuse the two for sure. <laughs> well, and I think that's, what's cool. Cause like through this whole quarantine, I've seen a lot of like couples or families where it's obvious that one person has played the sport and they're, they're getting the other person into the sport, which is kind of what prompts me to ask this question. I'm always thrilled to hear anybody call or email and say, I'm getting back into the tennis. I'm, I'm, uh, returning to the game after a laugh, my significant other is getting me into tennis. I love that. And we're seeing a lot more of it. Um, I love it all the way up to the point until where I get to the courts and they're full. Yeah, I know. Uh, but other than that, yeah, this is just a great time. A lot of people are returning to the sport of tennis and, uh, yeah, we'll just try and match them up. If I, you know, if they don't have any specific idea of heavy or light, I go middle of the road. That's basically how I will do it. And, and, those 300, like I would say 285 to 305 gram frames. If you're reasonably active, even if you're new to the sport of tennis, haven't played in a while, that's somewhat I would call middle ground. And you just kind of have to decide what, what flavor, you know, you're more gravitate towards uh, rather than the other. But generally Troy and I aren't trying to find the lightest racket for the person. We're generally trying to lead them in the direction of maybe trying to find out what's what's a heavier racket that mm -hmm. you can have fun with and, and are comfortable with. So I think a lot of people, including myself, come into this game or industry thinking the lighter the racket, the better it will be on my joints and arm and body. And that is something that I had to learn is uh, contrary. Actually, more graphite does a better job at dispersing uh, vibration. So, you know, you listen to the customer or the player, you know, is there any arm discomfort issues? find out if they're playing with a high tension poly or something like that in a stiff racket and, and just basically guide them, guide them from there. It's also worth noting that this is a good opportunity for like a new player to take a look at the previous generation of rackets. They're often at an amazing price. As we've already mentioned, there's not a whole lot different, but it's a good place to start with someone that's like not hundred percent committed into the sport, but you think they can swing the racket. They're going to probably enjoy it. Maybe every Saturday you go out and hit. So that's a good good place to start too, in my opinion. Absolutely. Troy, anything to add? No, I mean, uh, just like Booney said, um, the, but like when you did say, um, you know, like a, a beginner level player, someone that's starting out the game, mm -hmm. but like super athletic, maybe, you know, younger yeah. or before middle age, you know, then that's when like my typical, you know, beginner racket recommendation, which, you know, maybe like a beginner racket would be more like a 110 oversize or something. If they're like really athletic, it, you know, they played baseball or some other sport, really good hand-eye coordination. That's when we like would jump probably down. Oh, you're a beginner, but you probably should go with like a 100 head size, maybe a 102, 105, uh, maybe even a 98, depending on the weight of it. But like an easy pick would be like a pure drive team or mm -hmm. an E-zone 
100L, um, Prince Warrior 100, 100T, something like that. Like, for example, those Prince Warriors or the Beasts were like really good prices for, for a while. And those are yeah. great quality frames, good tweener spec. So something like that would probably be where I'd go. Uh, but if they're a beginner and they're maybe a little bit older in age or like, you know, kind of just getting into the sport and maybe didn't play other sports type of thing. then that's when I probably go more of like the 105, the 110 pure drive E zone 108 type of thing or something like that. Clash 108. Okay. Well, let's say we're talking about people that are very familiar with the game intermediate to advanced. This is our wheelhouse of players. I could keep asking you guys questions about demos. Do you find that most people when they're trying to change rackets or wanting to change rackets, are they looking for something different like if someone going from a 1619 to an 1820 is someone going from a 100 square inch head to a 98 square inch head like are they looking for more control or more power or do you feel like they're kind of looking for the same thing that they know but like they they just kind of want their game to elevate a little bit everyone wants the holy grail <laughs> power control spin yeah you know, they want their ntrp rating to go up at least by one full point okay and, and i don't blame them uh, i don't blame them at all that's a it's a tricky one there's so many little moving parts between you know string pattern alone i can dive down a 10 minute rabbit hole conversation just between blade 98 16 or 18 main so you know like like uh troy and i will listen to the player listen to the customer and then I think a lot of people, they don't have like that play tester dictionary definition down. So they may mean something a little bit different than the word they're using to describe it. And that really comes down to like power and control their perception of how that racket's giving them what they are getting. Um, so it's up to, you know, like Troy is really good at breaking down. Well, you're getting power control from this part of your racket. And this is, you know, when people ask for power and control, they're kind of looking at it as a holistic thing, but then we can kind of explain them and not overly educate them, but explain that, yeah, you could have a control oriented string bed and a power oriented frame or vice versa. So you can incrementally uh, look at it that way. So, you know, there's things you could do with a racket that you couldn't do uh, a long time ago, especially with hybrids and that kind of thing. So it does get us into some nice detail oriented conversations and we just try and try and make it a little more simple. You know, I always lean on my demo program when I was a kid. It was one wood racket handed to me. There was no <laughs> speak about string pattern or flex rating or swing weight. That was silly back in those days. So now there really is a, a racket string intention for everyone. Demo program gives people a chance to narrow it down from more than 100 rackets down to three. Uh, but that still, you know, requires us to kind of listen to the player and, and figure out if they arm problems too much, too little power. You know, they hitting home runs, that kind of thing, and uh, just take it from there and uh, give them a racket that's really going to kind of dial that in um, overall in terms of you know too much or too little power. That's about the only way I could explain it. Okay, then let's try to get super specific here. I want you each to give me at least one racket for each category. Intermediate player, 100 square inches, 16 by 19, must demo racket. Troy. Oh, man. You can give me two. <laughs> uh, I mean, just because I, I really was fond of the update this time around, probably the Pure Drive 2021. Yeah. Um, it's one of the first times where I like actually hit the Pure Drive. I was like, man, this actually is like feels pretty darn good, you know? Um, so, so that one for sure. Um, 116, 19. Uh, <laughs> man. There's a lot of good ones. I mean, probably something I'd probably one of the Yonix is either the E Zone 100 or V Core 100. Those are both pretty fun rackets at the 100 square inch. Booney, give, give them some better. Oh, ditto for sure. I'll throw the Speed MP in there as well. Um, I, I really like that racket. I think they hit a home run with it not being super uh, stiff or super flexible. It's just a great feeling racket performing all the way around. So, yeah, I go E Zone, Pure Drive, Speed MP, something like that. Okay. And what about for advanced players? Probably something a little bit heavier, 100 square inches, 16 by 19. I'll just jump in and say the Pure Drive Tour. I'm really enjoying that racket a lot. I did just actually add a little bit of lead tape to it because the swing weight is not as high as I personally like it. It's like 324, I think. Um, and that really, I have no idea what the spec is typical, but I, I really am enjoying the Pure Drive Tour. I'll just peel it off and say E-Zone 98 Tour. <laughs> Troy, what you got for advanced pick? Wait, did this, this had to be a 100 score inch you said? Or did it, it did. I was going to let oh, the that's 98 right. Tour I'm fly. sorry. It. It's okay. We'll just trade Booney's 98 Tour to the E-Zone 100 Plus. 
We can do that. Okay. <laughs> like an advanced player, but still under head size. Mm-hmm. I'm 60 by 19. Ooh, um, man. Uh, 100 square and 60, 19. I'm probably going to go... Well, the, the one Booney mentioned earlier, the the phantom long body i think it is it a 1619 or 1618 i think it's an 18 yeah oh we missed by across <laughs> that would definitely be that would that would definitely be what i would pick because it's like without that one because of the string pattern i'd probably go uh pure drive pure drive plus or pure arrow plus and then ha- i'd show i'd show the customer our videos on how to wait wait up the rackets <laughs> nice pluses Okay, let's go 18 by 20 rackets. I don't care what the head size is, but give me a pick for best 18, 20 racket, intermediate and advanced. I'll start us off. I'm going Blade 98, 18 by 20. I really like that racket. I It is a, a beefier swing weight and I don't normally like the blade. So if you like blades in the past, maybe don't listen to me. Um, but I really enjoyed that that racket. Gravity Tour, Gravity Pro, really enjoyed both those 18 mainframes. I think they really dialed those in nicely. Those were really good. Yeah, I would piggyback um, both of your picks. I love I think I think we did a video on 18, 20 rackets a while back. There's probably like a dozen of them. But yeah, Gravity Pro, I think, you know, a little bit more stronger advanced. The Gravity Tour is a great option because it kind of gives you that more maneuverable feel for maybe a slightly less advanced, you know, strong intermediate. But those, those are great. Um, Probably the newest speed pro. I'm going to throw one more in there. I don't know if you guys can hear me. The, the volume is kind of fading in and out, but I'm going to throw that DB26 synergy in there with the 1618. I'm going to say that pattern is got the spacing and the launch angle of an 18 main racket. It just, it definitely, you can't judge every uh, string pattern by its number. You know, kind of like uh, Troy was talking about that 18 main speed pro. That's a pretty wide open space, 1820 where the, the DB26 has a 1618, but it's really tight. So I feel like it's a very low-powered uh, string bed, even though it's just a 1618. I like that one a lot as well. That's a good point. Um, and then we could even throw in the Synergy 98 with the 1818. Absolutely. Um, what about... <laughs> we're losing Troy. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, we're doing so good. <laughs> Come on, Troy. You Please. got this. Okay, let's go to the next thing. Best intermediate and advanced pick for racket head sizes, 98 square inches and below. Intermediate and advanced. I feel like I probably know what Mark's going to say, but maybe not. <laughs> for intermediate, if it's 98 or smaller, you know, I can go with the 285, the 98Ls, the Onyx or whatever. But my one of my favorites, oh, I know what you think I'm going to say. <laughs> Phantom P93, 14 main, 18 main. Yeah, one of Sean Hollister's favorite Dingles rackets and one of my favorite rackets for sure. Um, The one that came to mind first was the Prestige Mid. I really got a lot out of that racket. I didn't feel like I was uh, sacrificing too much real estate of a sweet spot. It was really stable, comfortable. I thought that was an excellent uh, mid-size frame. Nice. What uh, what about you, Troy? Um, Yeah, so a little bit more like, kind of the intermediate advanced intermediate definitely agree with mark uh you can go probably get away with the 305 ESO 98 because it's so maneuverable um or the 98l um a couple of other ones like the um you got a lighter version of the pro staff 97 that's a pretty cool racket um i don't know if we carry the light version of the blade i think that might be in europe but those are all really cool picks for like intermediate even that battle lot pure arrow vs that i mentioned earlier at 305 mm-hmm. and it's got like a sub 320 swing weight that's a really fun racket to play with for the intermediate, you know, a stronger intermediate to even to advance. You want to customize, but then getting into like true players rackets. Yeah, yeah. for sure. The 93 P's, um, the 14, 18 is like a super fun one. Cause it's so unique. There's not really anything midsize with that crazy pattern. Um, I mentioned before in the other category, the head pro tour 2.0, um, that's just a sick, like classic racket. Yeah. Um, but other than that, um, like smaller head size, um, really like the new V core 95. It could definitely for an advanced player would probably want to weight it up, but that's a really fun racket, kind of a, a good racket, maybe for someone that used to use a Wilson six one ninety five um, that doesn't mind customizing. Cause it's got a little bit of that feel to it, but just needs some weight. So I definitely throw that one in the mix. What about best oversized racket for, I guess, 
You can have an intermediate one, but you can have an advanced one. Um, best oversized racket. The first one that I just because I watched the review uh, recently and Mark was on it, but for an advanced player that wants an oversized, it's a pretty rare option, but that new Dunlop mm-hmm. X200 OS, Booney, you can chime in on that because you just got done play testing it. But that's a pretty cool racket. And the only other thing that's really like that on the market in that kind of weight range is the um, the old microgel radical oversize. I chime in definitely. Uh, I agree that new Dunlop frame. I was just surprised. I knew it was going to be maneuverable, but I was surprised I got as much stability and fun out of it as I did. So really impressive frame. Um, the other one I'll add would be like for advanced players. Obviously, we can go with that original graphite without the bumper mm-hmm. on it. That's mm-hmm. oversized and that's pretty heavy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, and then you can just step down from there and put it on a graphite diet and go with the classic graphite 107. That's what 325, 330, 12.2 strong. And then my favorite out of them would be the 107G, that Phantom 107G. Uh, I just had to chuckle. That made te- playing tennis easier. And uh, everyone wants to play tennis and have it not be extremely challenging. And yeah, that just made tennis more fun and easy to play. I've really got a lot out of those rackets. So yeah, there's some um, rackets with bigger head sizes than 100s. And I was a little surprised. That's what I grew up with, old rackets. And once I veered away from them, I was like, I'll never play with those. And then they came back again. And then I had to wonder, well, what do they play like with a monofilament? Great. Love them. So yeah, I really like all those frames. Yeah, I forgot about that Phantom 107G. That's definitely right in there with that Dunlop and the old microgel oversize. Uh, speaking of that Phantom, what are your picks for best arm-friendly rackets? You guys kind of hit on this a little bit earlier, but give me a couple for an intermediate player and an advanced player. Best arm-friendly, good feel. What do you What do you say? Any Phantom? Yeah, I would say any Phantom. <laughs> pick the pick the string pattern and pick the weight that you like. <laughs> Those gravities also, maybe. Yeah, yeah. Anything with a flat beam, you know, not too much of a, a oval, elliptical, thick shape to it. I, I imagine is going to be pretty arm friendly. I definitely agree with the gravities. Uh, any phantom frame, obviously the clash, thicker beam, but very arm friendly as well. Troy's got to have some excellent ones that I'm just not recalling right now. <laughs> no, definitely. Um, yeah, it, we're a strong intermediate to an advanced player. Anything phantom, they're just super soft, super plush super silky smooth. Um, and then the gravity is great too, because you got like a pro gravity pro, which is great for advanced tour. Um, but then you have like the MP and the S, which are like great tweener, more tweener style rackets. The MP uh, definitely intermediate, the S maybe more of like that, that true tweener style and they're still really comfortable. So they got more variety in there. Whereas the Phantom is a little bit more targeted towards someone that can really strike the ball cleanly. But um, those are great. Um, besides that, um, I've always recommended like the vocal V1s for, for players uh, looking intermediate players looking for a comfortable kind of tweener frame, whether it was the classic V1 or like the current, I think it's the V current, the last current one we have was V fill or V cell or one of those uh, V1 mid pluses. So those are always really, uh, really nice frames. And then definitely there's a couple options in there from Pro X, like at the, between the 100 and 105 head size that Pro Canex does a great job of their technologies just sucking up all those bad vibrations. Yeah, <laughs> I like that. Um, and then let's go with, and we already, there's not that many, but there's a couple. What are the heaviest rackets on the market that someone can demo? The RF-97 being the obvious first choice. I was going to say that's a rhetorical question coming from you. <laughs> <laughs> And then we've got... Tell me how heavy my racket is. Right? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but, uh, like heavy rackets. Uh, well, no, actually, I wanted to ask this question, not only because there is a group of players that grew up with heavier rackets, and we're talking a lot about players revisiting tennis after taking a hiatus, and... If you're someone that grew up in the 90s playing tennis, there's a good chance you learned with a pretty beefy, heavy racket. And... Um, your stroke style kind of uh, reflects that. So if you have a bit of a longer stroke, I always think of Granville when I'm thinking like long strokes, you know, he's not aggressively swiping up at the ball. Um, so people might be looking for something heavier and more stable. Uh, Mark, you just mentioned one recently, the just a second ago, the, the Prince 107. Uh, the G? Uh, the original, original. Um, the bumperless. I guess this wonder. Yeah. That's like the heaviest racket on the website right now, I think. Shoot. 12.9, Yeah. It's a combination, combination of weight and swing weight for sure. Oh, show. 
yeah, but then RF. Um, B Corp Pro 97 330. Yeah, yeah, Stan the Man Racket, um, <laughs> which was, you know, uh, I had I have hist- I had history with that racket before, you know. <laughs> but um, the the Phantom 93s, the Head Pro Tour, Booney, I'm trying to think of other ones that are. DB26, Synergy. Yes. Is that heavy? Of course. Oh, Isn't it like heavy. 325? Isn't it 325 frame? Something like that. 12 1, 12 2 strong? I think. See, it's just a toothpick for you. It's just like, <laughs> ah, who knows? <laughs> it's a heavy racket for me. I'll say that. <laughs> and then, like, these are kind of silly and very broad, but I know this is the questions that we get. What is the most powerful racket that I can demo? <laughs> so give me your pick for, you know, powerful, most powerful racket. And I know that's like a whole deep dive into most powerful racket can be the heaviest racket. Well, yeah. Anyways. I thought Troy and I were going to do it in uh, stereo at the same time. <laughs> Gamma Bubba RZR. <laughs> I was just scared to say it because I wasn't sure our stock. I, 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 we still have that in stock, I believe. I yes. think we do. Okay. That's the only reason I wasn't going to say that one is because I wasn't sure if we still had purchasing stock or demo stock. But yeah, I mean, that one is by far the one that comes up for for us. Yeah. 137 head size. And I think it's around 10 ounces. It's not like the lightest rack in the world, but um, it's got like a swing weight over 400, which, <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's like 407 on the Richter scale or whatever the heck you know. Like, <laughs> On the Richter scale. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it crushes a lot. But yeah, it's just huge because of the swing weight and the surface area of that racket. I mean, it's not like it's a super thick beam, but it's what, 20? How long is it? 20? I was going to, I was waiting for you to say, don't forget it's Home Depot long lumber length, 29. 29, yeah. It's the, it's at the legal limit of tournament play. Yeah. That's one of my favorite questions is, will this bag fit a big bubba? <laughs> <laughs> or you know, if you want to get real, we can just look at that racket right behind you, right there. I, I want to say that thing probably has some inherent power in it as well. Well, I'm going to kind of wrap it up there because, as you can see, this is how easy it is to just spend hours on the demo court chatting with these guys. There's like endless conversations to be had, whether it's about rackets, it's your swing, it's a string, it's a grip, it's this, it's that. How can I do this? How can I add more speed to my swing and still make that? Anyways. <laughs> and the sun's out, and then someone might have just came from the Moet Chandon tent for the. <laughs> The Margaritaville, you know, and Troy, stop yeah. talking about me like yeah. that. <laughs> oh, not you, not you. You know, I've had people come by and offer, you know, you want to make a lobe or you want to, you want a margarita? I was like, I'm not wait till about 9 p.m. But uh, yeah, they get a little buzz and come hang out and shoot the stuff, talk about new rackets, hang out with Boone, hit some balls. I mean, sounds like a good time. A, tr- a true privilege. Uh, not hanging out with me part, but yeah, <laughs> down there on the court and everything else is just, it is uh, borderline incredible to say the least. Yeah. So long story short, we're missing you guys. We think you might be missing us too. <laughs> that sounded silly. Uh, we totally are missing the whole BNP experience. And we can only imagine that everyone else that normally is taking that trek out there, wherever you're coming from, wherever you are in the world. It, it's so fun. We've connected with people all over the world. Um, we're bummed. But hopefully this episode will kind of help make you feel some sort of BMP vibes. We, I'm, I'm trying my best to like wrap my head around ways that we can like virtually do some like fun stuff when that tournament would normally be going on. But this is a, a step closer. And thanks to you guys for joining me and helping with all the demo questions and all of that. Any anything you want to say before we wrap it up? I was going to say because um, you mentioned like our buddy Colin from. He's from Canada, right, Mark? The yeah. One that he plays with Dunlop Rackets. But yeah, I was going to say if Mark wanted to give a shout out to any of our <laughs> frequent our frequent regulars that come every year. I know there's, uh, what's our buddy Mason? That we're yes. in the beach area that yep. was doing his graduate. UCLA work. grad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Every year. I can think of a uh, younger guy. I think he's probably in, probably close to middle school age now, but a uh, friend, Seth, from Texas. You know, little young kids out there. I see them every year. They keep getting bigger and bigger. It's crazy. But Rooney has any shout outs? Well, um, not to anyone uh, specific. It's just the the general uh, privilege of being out there. I'm definitely going to miss it this year. And I know Michelle threw out an idea randomly that maybe we should just take a hike over to uh, 
to Miami for the Miami Open. Uh, I, you know, I would prefer to go to the BNP, but I'm definitely missing this action and the interaction with everybody else. So yeah, for for everyone, you know, uh, I'll, I'll say this not just about the uh, the people that come out on the court watching a lot of tennis during this whole COVID thing. I'll give a shout out to a lot of the pro players that really kept themselves very sharp and fit through this whole thing. And I know I've been kind of challenged through this whole thing uh, to keep myself healthy and durable. So I was really happy to see so many sharp players. Um, and hopefully we're all back there, you know, sooner than later uh, to experience the demo court and all the fun at the BNP. That would be my shout out. Yeah, if anyone listening out there wants to give us a shout out or email us in if you have any questions either about the demo process, maybe you're just feeling nostalgic like we are and a little bummed that, you know, March is going to come and go without uh, any time on the demo court in Indian Wells. Uh, feel free to email us at podcast.tennis-warehouse.com and we'll try to do more fun stuff. Maybe, I mean, it's easy to just like have episodes where you like talk about some of your favorite moments. And I know we all like to geek out on that stuff. So maybe we'll have to do a follow-up episode on that and pass the time while we're not in sunny Palm desert or Indian Wells um, and all of that. But as Benny said, tennis is happening. So excited for Roger to get back on the court. <laughs> Had to throw that in. Definitely. Yeah. I think that's it. I think that's it. Anything else? No, thanks for having us. Uh, very enjoyable conversation. Really enjoy these. And uh, yeah, these are basically the conversations that Troy and, and I have via email or with people. So uh, hopefully it, it uh, helps out a little bit. Yeah. So give us a shout out if you have any further questions, if you're really trying to figure out your demo order, if you don't know what to try, any of the above, reach out to us at podcast at tennis-warehouse.com. Thanks you guys so much for joining. Really appreciate it. Always fun chat. And until next time, happy hitting. All right. We got it. Thanks so much for listening. Make sure to rate and review this podcast wherever you download your episodes. And be sure to visit our websites for all of the tennis deals at tenniswarehouse.com, tenniswarehouseeurope.com, and tennisonly.com.au. Hope you enjoyed this episode. And until next time, happy hitting.